0: Welcome to Voices in Between, the podcast with international voices on education and diversity. This is Christoph Knoblauch meeting educational experts and discussing perspectives in between ideas of true and false. So welcome back at our podcast, Diversity in Education. This is Professor Knoblauch speaking My guest today is Professor Singh from Ambedkar University. We're in Delhi right now. And we will have a short look on the education system of India in general, probably seeing that there are some things we have in common in Germany and in India, but I'm quite sure there are going to be some differences.
1: Uh, Thank you. So uh, before I talk about the uh, Indian education system, I want to just talk about the various uh, diversities that exist in the system. Uh, First is in terms of the schools themselves, so uh, there are different kinds of schools, Uh, the students who go to the schools are different, Uh, there are different board uh, for each of the schools, Uh, different schools go up to different uh, grades, so on so forth. So now in terms of the schools, what are these different kinds of schools? So we have, uh, uh, like probably every country in the world, uh, we have government schools. And uh, so these government schools could uh, typically would start from class one, if it's a primary it is class 5, it could be till class tenth. it could be till class twelfth or just 11, so there could be various combinations of uh, government school. Uh, So that is one. The other is of course uh, the private schools. Now in the private schools also there is uh, a there is a huge variety that uh, you can find in the private schools so uh, there are uh, many different uh, so there are some private schools you know which are kind of uh, very small what we refer to as low budget low budget schools and they cater to the mostly to the low income uh, population and then there are also uh, these big kind of Uh, what we call five star fancy uh, private schools with air conditioning and uh, you know cater to mostly the middle and the upper middle classes Uh, and you know there is a small minority of schools which are uh, run by uh, the non-government organization or not for profit uh, as we call it so that is one and uh, within each of these uh, like I said there are huge variations.
0: All right. mm. Do they all attend to the same curriculum, a state curriculum? Hmm.
1: I will come to that question. So, uh, first of all, they are all different in terms, so there are huge variations in the government schools as well. Hmm. So, uh, you know, there are some government schools, uh, you know, which cater to a certain kind of a population. So, for example, there is a, something called a Prati uh, that is, um, you know, for students, kind of gifted gifted yeah. students, kind of. Huh? So then we have these Kendre uh, Vidale, you know, the uh, central, what we call central schools. So these central schools, for example, are all over the country and uh, it's only meant for uh, students who come, you know, who, uh, who's... Uh, parents work in the central government so what happens is that the central schools also kind of forms a class of its own across the country and uh, there are some which are you know the, the municipal uh, corporation schools which you know, where, which, which cater to basically the lower class uh, of the uh, society. So that is one private schools I already mentioned. Now, as far as the curriculum is concerned uh, in the Indian schools, there are huge variations there. First of all, as you know, uh, the different states in India, so each state would have a curriculum of its own. So if you are in Uttar Pradesh, there would be a UP board. So what happens is that typically uh, from class 1 to class hmm? 10th. So in different states, they would typically have their own curriculum. So Maharashtra will have Maharashtra, Bihar would have Bihar, so on and so forth. Uh, That is one...
0: That's the same in Germany, actually. Every county has its own curriculum.
1: But there is another thing here. There are also some curriculum that are national. So there is something called CBSC, which is a central board for secondary education. It's a central body, Indian body. There is ICSC. Uh, There is also something called, uh, which I have heard... uh, only in the recent years. Uh, it is called IB, which is the international board. That has be- that has become a very sought after. So now what happens is that, so in a particular state, so you can take the case of uh, Uttar Pradesh. Huh? So in Uttar Pradesh, you could have schools that follow the UP board curriculum. Yes you could have schools that follow the CBSC curriculum and schools that follow the ICSC curriculum. And what happens is that uh, these are also conscious choices that parents make. Uh, So you know, and and boards are, you know, have a different status. So uh, even things like they will say, oh, don't go to ICSC. You know, you get They inflate the marks, you know, things like these, and uh, so that is one. And uh, so within within a city itself, you know, these curriculum, they there could be many uh, variations, Mm -hmm. just within depending on the board. Uh, that they are following Mm -hmm. now as far as the board is concerned uh, when I say board what I mean is that uh, you know how does it matter what curriculum uh, any school follows now because you know if if it's a school it has to follow uh, confirm to certain guidelines and uh, so what happens is that in class 12th because that's the last year of your schooling so there is a exam that uh, students have to take and you know that's when you go to college or um, whatever you know profession or um, institution you want to go to so that board basically determines what curriculum the school will follow so obviously uh, if a school is following cbsc so they will you know, as far as possible, they will follow that yeah. throughout yeah. the school. They are yeah. not going to change it um, yeah. in the last year. So that is uh, so that is how it works. Um, and you know, so these board exams are very important exams because these are kind of your standardized uh, across the country right. or across yeah. the state yeah. exam. So there could be a state board exam, national board uh, kind of exam, and. Uh, now the key thing about the indian uh, education system so you know apart from these uh, variations is also uh, you know what what do we see being the aims of education hmm. and how do you, how do we see the education system catering to the population hmm. so on the one hand uh, uh, like I have mentioned earlier also. So on the one hand, what, what has happened is that, you know, just because of the population, and you know, just because of the number of uh, students in the school, the competition is very extremely high. Extremely high. So it's so high that, uh, you know, some of the top colleges to get admissions in some of the top colleges in Delhi, you need, you know, the marks that yeah. you get, you need to have about nine. If you have less than 95%, yeah. you see, that's very high. All right. Then, you know, you may as well forget yeah. uh, getting a chance yeah. to get admission. I see. Uh. So, what I'm saying is that because, uh, you know, getting good jobs, uh, so there are jobs, but, you know, it's uh, government jobs are very sought after. So, what I'm saying is that because uh, you know, things kind of narrow down. Yeah. Opportunities, good opportunities, uh, become fewer at the top level. Uh, so it automatically, you know, the kind of the pressure trickles down at the lower, lower grade. Uh, so from the beginning, what the government uh, has, you know, what the government. So these have also, you know, kind of found a place for uh, policy discussion. Yes, hmm. and uh, like I mentioned earlier, also you know, so pressure on the students, you know, has it's it's a very big yeah. uh, debate across the country. Hmm. Uh, pressure on the student tuitions is a very big business in India. Uh,
0: tuitions t- being just to clarify it, um, costs that uh, to go to university basically or
1: to attend a college for various, huh? Yeah. So uh, tuitions and coaching. So there are two terminologies which are very common. One is tuitions where, you know, it's an individual. So somebody comes to your house or student can go to somebody's house. So, you know, I need uh, help in math. So, you know, I pay somebody to help me. So this could be throughout the school years. The other uh, which has come up in the recent decade is the coaching phenomena of coaching. It's... uh, rampant now so now uh, why would anybody go for coaching so coaching uh, so for example if you you know iits
0: no uh, you have the to indian
1: uh, indian institute of technology all right yes hmm. so those so if you want to become an engineer basically yes. so indian institute of technology these are few and they are across the country yeah. hmm. so iit to get into medical school yeah. So, so, to become an engineer or a doctor is not easy. So the so there is an exam at the entry level, I see. and to get through that exam is very uh, difficult. So there are a number of these. Uh, it's a it's a huge business, I should say, coaching. Yeah, and sometimes students may do uh, coaching for up to four. Of five years to get into uh, you know one of these IITs or okay. one of the medical uh, medical colleges, yeah. there are uh, you know there are certain places in India. So there is one such place uh, called Kota in Rajasthan state which is kind of a hub for coaching yeah so what they have so they they so they have these coaching centers they even uh, have resi- residential facility
0: all right okay so, so you stay for some time and, you
1: stay yeah. for a year or two years oh, right. and uh, study there and prepare for iit so what i'm saying is that you know the pressure is at that level and i'm talking about school education so I see. far yeah. school education and preparation for yeah. higher education now uh, So that that is the reality that we are facing actually Mm. in this country. Now, on the other hand, what has happened, you know, what what is also happening is that at the policy level, you know, we are trying to see how can we ease this pressure. So initially, uh, this was before I was in high school. So this must have been, you know, uh, decades ago. At least in some states, there were board exams at the class eighth level also. Eighth, so you can imagine, eighth grade. So they did away with it. Uh, the board exams at the class tenth level stayed. So I had, I gave uh, class 10th board exam. After some time, they did away with the tenth board exam. You know, citing these very reasons that you know why should yeah. we teaching. And now what has happened is that, so now here is the challenge uh, that I'm coming to. They have brought back the board exams in class 10. Uh, in 2009, huh, so we've always had an education policy. In 2009, uh, India came up with a right to free and compulsory education, which made it mandatory for all children uh, in the age group of uh, six to fourteen years to yes. attend mm. okay. and what they did, they did not punish the students, they did not, I mean the policy was framed in a way, they did not punish the families, uh, the onus was put on the system, All right, onus was put on the system and mm. rightly so. So uh, what happened was that uh, since this brought in a lot of uh, since this brought in a lot of first generation learners, there was this fear that uh, you know these young learners would be ridiculed, you know, they may not be able to uh, accomplish uh, as much. So, there were measures put in place to make sure they are successful in the school system. Yeah. Unfortunately, what has happened uh, is that the system is not able to make those provisions. And that is in terms of the teacher training is not adequate. Uh, Teachers, so for example, something like continuous comprehensive evaluation system, you know, what you you would think is a very normal thing. Uh, Teachers very often don't understand how to implement that. Teachers don't understand how to support children who may come from a a different language background. Children who may have a disability, or you know, may have some kind of any you know uh, any any kind of a challenge in getting through to the school system. Right. So now, unfortunately, what is happening is that, uh, in fact, what one one more thing they had done they had eliminated you know the final exams that you have. They had eliminated that, and students so the idea was that you, know, you have this comprehensive evaluation system and students are promoted till class 8 yeah, yeah. because you know the checks and measures are already there yeah. the problem is teachers could not understand uh, there was not adequate training provided yeah. and so all these students when they went up to 9th and 10th they were failing all right. so what they are doing is that they are bringing back exam in some some grades.
0: Yeah, earlier stages.
1: Earlier stages as well because the idea was that, you know, if a student fails, especially in the earlier grades, you know, it's going to be very, very detrimental for the students. So I don't know where we are headed now. Okay.
0: (laughs) Well, in educational systems, I think you never know where you're heading. Mm -hmm. So it's a constant state of moving. Thank you very much for this interesting insight into the Indian education system. Thanks so much for listening. Looking forward to meet you back on Voices in Between.